Hello people, welcome back to the When in Yorkshire podcast. I hope you're all very, very well. It's been quite a while since the last episode, but it's it's amazing to be back. This is episode 45 and features a conversation with Ben Buddy Slack of the Swan Song Project. Uh, this is something I heard about probably a couple of years ago um, when a video appeared on my Facebook timeline about Ben and, and an experience that he had with the band Alabama 3. Now, we do talk a lot about this during during the podcast, so I'm not going to ruin that. Um, however, the work that the Swan Song Project does is fascinating, and it really hit a chord with me. As I think it highlights the power and, and I guess, impact that, that music and the arts in general can have on our lives, especially as a way of processing emotions. It was, it was amazing talking to Ben. He was really inspiring. Um, and it was great hearing about his own experiences and, and what led him to setting the Swan Song Project up. Now, during the conversation, I do mention I'm going to highlight now, I don't have any Patreon or, or anything like that. This podcast is done completely free. Um, so if you are in a position to contribute, you enjoy the podcast, please consider going to the Swan Song links that I've put in here um, and, and donating to keep the project going and, and growing from strength to strength. I think that's enough from me. This is episode 45 with Ben Buddy Slack of the Swan Song Project. I'm here with Ben Buddy Slack from Swan Song Project. We are, this is a, this is an, an unusual location. We're at the, the Kirkstall Bridge Inn, um, on the outskirts of Leeds. Um, and we are braving the potential rain. So <laughs> yeah. Um, thanks very much for joining me. Um, really appreciate it. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to, to get some information and some idea of kind of your history and how Swan Song Project came to be. And there's a few other things, a few other random questions that I have for you as well, if that's all right. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Cool. Uh, yeah, I hope, we, uh, hope the rain doesn't come back. Yeah, <laughs> we'll yeah, get hopefully. through this all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so nice to be out doing something in person again, isn't it? it yeah, yeah. As, as, as we were saying, it's been, it's been. I think you're probably like the the second person I've spoken to outside of my immediate family or work in the last <laughs> sort of nine months at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, the the Swan Song Project. I I first came about this. Um, I saw a random thing popped up on Facebook, um, and it was to do with um, Alabama Three. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I followed a few, and we'll, we'll come to that in in a bit. But I followed a few links, and then and then kind of stumbled across the page for the Swan Song Project, and it it kind of blew my mind a little bit because it it doesn't seem like the most appealing project but i couldn't stop reading and i was absolutely fascinated so do you want to give us a a, a bit of a, an oversight into into what swan song project is yeah yeah of course um so i started the swan song project in 2017 so my background is as a songwriter um and i was writing songs myself for a long time uh playing in my band trying to you know make make some kind of living as a musician which is very yeah. hard to do and I kind of fell into doing community music work, which I'd never, I didn't even know was a thing, but like, I got asked by a radio station that knew the band were doing some community work, um, with young offenders and they said, right. oh, Ben, do you want to come along and help us write some songs? And I was like, yeah, great. I'm going to pay me to do it. And I was like, great. I'm doing some music work. Went along and wrote some songs with this group of young offenders and it was great. It was, you know, like a really kind of, you know, trial by fire in a way yeah. <laughs> an interesting group what a but, way to sort of start community work <laughs> immediately wow yeah it was yeah it was one of the things and at the time i was just like i just didn't know what to expect really enough i'll just go and sounds like fun i'll go and see what they want to write some songs about and what did that, they what did they write songs about 
the, the songs were beautiful. Well, beautiful might not be the right word, but they were powerful, which is what I'm all about with the songs. It was like, and it, with that as well, it was a group. So we had to try and get getting a group with very different experiences to mm-hmm. write a song that everyone agrees with is, is a big challenge for that kind of stuff. But we did it with that group, and it was like there was like a rap verse, and there was like a poppy chorus, and there was another song where it was like trying to mix all these different influences together. Amazing. But yeah, it was mainly about, about their kind of, I can't remember what the chorus was about, but I remember lots about their experiences. I remember the one verse, there was this, this one lad on it who was really quiet, um, and he you know, wouldn't engage much in the group stuff, and I mm-hmm. had to go and talk to him. He was like a really thoughtful lyricist, and he'd written this really sweet, but well, it's, it was a verse about like, kids on his estate and just the kind of trouble they'd get into but like it, it was it felt very self-aware of like the and i'm just being shocked you know like really kind of moved by it i mean like that's really powerful i can't remember, I can't remember any of the lyrics now but yeah it was uh and it, and that was one of the like that kind of has always been a part of my why i love it so much like i used yeah. to teach a bit of guitar and stuff like that but i'm not very good at teaching guitar i'm not very good at guitar really like i'm not a great <laughs> guitar player and i never really liked teaching the guitar that much because like when you teach the guitar, you teach someone to play smoke on the water, it's going to sound pretty similar person yeah. to person. But when you write a song with someone, it's going to be very different person to person. And I just, I was just fascinated by that. Um, so then from there, another charity that knew the band heard I'd done that, and they were going to do a project with some Young Offenders. <laughs> so they were like, oh, Ben, you've worked with Young Offenders. You want to come and work with these Young Offenders? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. And they just kind of fell into a bit of a niche there. And then yeah. that spiraled onto another like adult prison project that I'm still involved with uh, in some regard. Uh, now it's kind of yeah fell into that kind of work yeah um, and then on top of that then I got you know just kind of everything kind of just fell you know like one thing leads to another then yeah. you do one project someone to hear about it, invite you to do another project or, and so I kind of became more and more specialised at writing songs for people um, and then in I lost my grandma in I think it was 2015 I think she died and mm-hmm. my grandma, I used to, you know, I was really close to my grandma. Like, so at the time, I wouldn't have really said, like, I was particularly close to her, but looking yeah. back on it now, it's like, yeah, we were actually really close. Um, and most of my, like, musical upbringing was at grandma's house. Oh, wow. So, like, I used to, I mean, I started playing guitar, I was maybe like 13 or so. Yeah. And my uncle played, and she come from an Irish family, so my uncle would play all the traditional Irish songs, and whiskey in the jar, and the yeah. world and that kind of stuff. And I loved it, and that's, that was what I wanted to do. <laughs> so I got my guitar, um, my uncle Mick was like, "Oh, we'll, you know, we'll meet your grandma's and we'll we'll play some songs together." Um, so that was my favourite thing. And Amazing. There's a while when Mick was working in Leeds, and we'd do it like every day after work. He'd, you know, I'd go to school, meet him there. I'd walk the dog down. <laughs> He'd come after work, and we'd blast through uh, a lot of the Irish songs at my grandma's house. Would she um, would she join in? Yeah, she'd love it. She loved it, um, which was really sweet. And I remember so like sometimes sometimes we'd practice downstairs, but a lot of time we'd go upstairs. Yeah. But like she could she could hear everything through the floor. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but she never complained about anything. Like she would try to watch bargain on or something. But she'd always uh, <laughs> she just she loved having the music on. And yeah. She'd sit in the corner and sing along with us and everything like that. Um, and then when my grandma died, like right near the end, me and my uncle sang um, an old song called the Black Velvet Band. Right, it's a favourite, some of these old traditional ones. So every time we used to do that, you know, it was dedicated to her, and then we sang it to her right at the end. And um, she had this kind of like amazing reaction, like she'd been pretty much non-responsive at that point. Yeah, but it was like she kind of lit up, and she was kind of like yeah, she was tapping her fingers um, along oh. with us, and it was just one of those memories that was like really powerful. Yeah, um, and then it was it was yes a year or so after that, uh, my mum was telling me that she'd been thinking talking about that memory with some of the people that were there and how how powerful that memory was of singing the song to her at the end and I was thinking I was like yeah it was and I was like I imagine if we'd like recorded those kind of things or if we'd just mm. recorded grandma singing with us like around the house and how nice that would have been and then obviously being a songwriter I was like well imagine if grandma had a chance to write a song I was yeah. like I wonder what, what she would have said in it and how uh, how nice that would be to have and like 
would we still play it now? Would I still, you know, sing it around the house? Or would we play it, you know, whenever we get together and have dues and stuff like that? And then, so I was just kind of thinking about that, and then it kind of just clicked to me. Like, actually, I, you know, I write songs for people. Yeah. I kind of developed a bit of a skill set there. I wonder if other people who were getting near the end of their lives might want to chance to write a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had it. I had the idea. Like that came to me. I was like, "That sounds like a good idea." Yeah. And then the name of the Swan Song Project came to me like straight away, it's which perfect. again just yeah, it felt perfect for it. And then I was like, "Nah, it can't be a good idea." <laughs> <laughs> and like for me, I'd never run any. I always just been like a hired, brought into like, yeah. this is the group we're doing. Yeah. Uh, this is the project we're gonna do. Can you come and help write some songs with it? So the idea of starting a project myself was like, I just didn't, you know, I didn't think I was gonna be able to do it. I didn't know, what, didn't know where to start with any of it. And I had like, a couple of months where I remember like really nervously asking my mm. friends, like, "Do you think this is a good idea? I've, I've had this idea, right?" And I kept expecting one of them to be like, "No, you, you can't do that, you idiot! Of course you can't do that." Um, and I was surprised. So I googled it, and like I thought, there must be, there must yeah, be a charity yeah. already doing this. And there wasn't. I couldn't find another organisation that specialised in that. You know, like some places have music therapists, and they mm-hmm. might do songwriting stuff like that. But there wasn't like a, a spe- you know, project that specialised in it. Um, so I thought, well, I'll just give it a go and see what see what happens. Um, and I, so I wrote to, wrote to the local hospices um, and said, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. Uh, you know, is this something you might be interested in doing? Do you think it's possible? And that, that was the real part where I thought, like, this is where I'm going to find out why I can't do it. <laughs> like, the people in the hospices, they'll yes. know why you can't do it. Yeah. But they're all really enthusiastic. So I went to visit like St. Gemma's and Wheatfields yeah. here in Leeds and uh, Marie Curie in Bradford. Um, they all you know, showed me around and we talked about it and they're all enthusiastic. And then it just worked out. We started at Marie Curie first. Um, out in Bradford and it's just really like yeah it's been amazing how, how it took off so that was May 2017 I first started doing sessions um, and it's just like, it's just grown from there really it's been an amazing journey I, yeah I had no idea I had no idea how I was going to do it yeah because <laughs> like it's very different from everything else I've done you know like for a group you go and you kind of have your plan like so I have loads of like templates in a way of like this is one session I can yeah you, you can structure the session most sessions will be the same but uh I, I guess I guess the out, the outcome and the, the depends on what the people what the people are like and what how much they want to put into it. Yeah, yeah. And with this, it was very much like I was just going to treat it like I was writing a song with anyone. Mm-hmm. Like if I was going to co-write a song with another musician, that was very the kind of mindset I went in of like I'm not really here to leave this. We're here to write a song together. Yeah. Um, but then you just never know how that's going to go. Yeah. <laughs> and luckily, yeah, the people the people took to it. Um, I think I had two people start on that first day. Um, and then, like, I just I'd go back and see them week on week, and the staff would then tell other people about it. And it started off with day hospice patients, so they're right. um, patients who attend the hospice once a week for a day yeah. and get treatments, things like that. Um, often, the kind of earlier stage of a terminal illness, not always, okay. but um, so a lot of times people who yeah they might still have a good couple of years ahead of them. Um, and then, so they've had a diagnosis, but I've got a terminal yeah. diagnosis, yeah. Um, started working with them then eventually we started working on the ward which is the inpatient unit so you know people who are needing a bit more intense treatment are staying in yeah. the hospice um and we also work with the bereaved people as well so the hospice obviously gives bereavement support and yeah. uh, again it all just kind of evolved naturally like i was just kind of there happy to write songs with people and then one yeah. day it was like oh we've got someone whose mum's just died here who's really likes music would you be interested in writing a song with them i said yeah why not it's uh, wow and then, yeah, then so we started at Marie Curie, then we started at St. Gemma's the year after that, and we started at Wheatfields the year after that, and then we made it all virtual last year, um, and now we're, now we're hopefully going to be able to merge everything back together and have the virtual stuff alongside the in-person stuff yeah. again, now the world's opening up again. Yes, wow, <laughs> this, that's just quite a whirlwind, and mm. it's just, it seems to be, like you said, it, it's 
it seems like such an obvious idea in many ways, but also such a, a daring project to start. And I guess I, there was their nerves with how people would actually receive it. Definitely, I was very nervous about. It. I'm very kind of self conscious about that at the start of like, like, because it's quite it's quite a, a sensitive subject. Yeah, in in a lot of ways. Um, and I think one one of the points that kept me reading when I, when I stumbled across the the project was that it's something that happens to everybody, mm. and so the the fact that that people don't talk about it so much about people coming towards the end of their life and and kind of the celebration side of that, it it seems like such a shame. And I think the element that I, I was reading and that what I was taking from it was it, like you say it's it's a real it is a real celebration and it gives you that those memories and mm. i think that that's such a positive thing so yeah it, on one hand it seems like quite a dark subject and on the other one it's it's so positive and so creative that it's well, it's beautiful yeah well, thank you yeah and it's one of the things where i think because i've been doing it so long and it's kind of i'm so entrenched in it like mm. i forget that how how kind of how, how it can seem to someone from the outside and, and yeah. you're like and how difficult those that talking about death and dying thing is, is yeah. for so many people um, I'm, I'm almost like stumbling over which words to use yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you know what I mean I don't yeah it's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's difficult and it's one of them things so like I guess for me doing it like I was very nervous about it and I was very nervous about you know obviously you don't want to make anything worse for anyone that was my main thing yeah. like, I, I, as long as I don't make anything worse then that's that's yeah. that's good enough in some ways and I hope it'll make, make some things better um, but I was going into it and like, like I said I'd done most of my other work had been prison prison based stuff and mental health work mm-hmm. so I was kind of like quite used to quite in-depth you know emotive fun, subjects emotive and, subjects, yeah, and emotive subjects, environments yeah. yeah and like I almost like for me that's always been a thing with songwriting that I've loved I've always mm-hmm. loved songwriters who use it to tackle the really you know really big issues yeah like I like it I like a silly dance pop song as well but <laughs> I like songs that have a you know where someone's really deep dived yeah. on, on an experience so that was always something I was kind of drawn to I guess in a way um but with with this I yeah it was complete um I didn't know what to expect. Didn't know how I was going to ha- be able to handle the conversations that mm-hmm. were going to. Didn't know what was going to come up in the conversations. Was very nervous about what language I should use talking to people. Yeah, um, and it's all just been a, a very steep learning curve on the way. But it's all been the people I've worked with have been so great that it's like they've kind of very much put me at ease <laughs> with it. You know, like, and I guess yeah. one of the big realizations is. Yeah, you because know, people are still people, yeah. and that's one of the things that's really that people really love about Swan Song is that it's not about their illness. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the times, for people when they've got the diagnosis, then people don't know how to talk to them anymore. Or they become their diagnosis become rather the diagnosis, than the person yeah. that they've been. Yeah, and people always ask, you know, people ask them how their illness is and what mm. medication they're on, and they can't do the things they used to do and stuff like that. And then like, and I kind of, I don't think, I don't think I'd made the decision myself that I was going to do this, but like, I don't ask about people's illness. And, yeah. yeah I don't, it's like, it's kind of most of the time it's irrelevant to what, what I'm there to do. Um, so I just talk to them about who they are and, yeah. and people often love that. And that's something that, again, I never really thought, I thought of it in terms of like, this would be a nice thing for people to do. Um, I know songwriting can be very therapeutic from my own experiences mm-hmm. and the, the other work I've done. And I was thinking about people's families, you know, like, you know, me thinking about how much I'd love that song for my grandma now. Yeah. Um, but there's been loads of other benefits that have come out of it and that's one of them people saying like it's just it's helped them remember who they are <laughs> that they're not mm-hmm. just the person with the illness now 
and like hospice staff have said like I never knew that about them you know, I never knew that, that this was what they were into I they did this thing and and then the family members say the same thing of like it's so nice to like think back to those memories of you know what they used to used to do which they can't can't do now and then they're always going to have that that's that song will live on and constantly remind them of that part of the person yeah. rather than memories of 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 the of the dark you know, the harder times yeah, at the end absolutely and again that's and the you, know, you mentioned earlier about the the making the memories part of mm-hmm. it that's another thing what like again as you when you when you write songs a lot and do like records something like you kind of forget how exciting that can be to people um and just how exciting the whole creative songwriting process is so for a lot of people it's like they just they so they get excited by doing it because it's something that's new and creative it's yeah uh, and you know, especially the recorder when you bring in the microphones to put the headphones on people, <laughs> they always want a picture with the headphones. Yeah. And, you know, it's like it's the whole experience. Then I guess so it's kind of for the person that's writing and, and recording the song. You've, you've got that whole creative process and starting with nothing and then ending with that product at the very, very end. And then that's a whole journey in itself. I, and, and you know, from myself writing songs about nothing sometimes nothing nothing as as kind of extreme as you know as like you say it's, it it's in the name in the swan, the swan song it's kind of potentially the the first and maybe last song that they will ever write i mean the subjects could could be all over the place for that and that, that's, that must be such a journey for them to go through um, and such a wonderful experience for people who've never done it before yeah it's so it's so nice i mean that's one of the things that i like i've always said with music i think it's a really great vehicle for showcasing the best of people yeah. you know like when you, when you see someone performing it's just like it's often seen like them out there yeah in the best way in a way and that's when i always love with it like i've got one memory especially of there's a video actually which you may have seen what we did with vice yeah um, yeah and there was the two little girls with lily yes. and ella um that i mean that was that was a great day so there's just two little girls who'd written a song um, about the grandma who just mm-hmm. died at the hospice uh, and I wrote this beautiful song called Find a Feather and it was like all these yeah. things that will remind her and all these funny little memories of the grandma and stuff like that but when we were recording it so yes yeah, so Vice had come and make this little video about it so we had this whole day filming and then at the end we, take, we took them into the studio to record them actually recording the song and we had yeah. a proper professional set from that um, and I remember then we started and you know they were both a bit nervous obviously it's you know recording studio and cameras and everything um, I remember I remember Lily, I think it was, was sat next to me. And when she first started singing, she could see she looked nervous. And then I think it was the second line. It was like she just kind of clicked and kind of like yeah. rose up. And just like that kind of confidence came over. And the way she just started singing, I was like, I was just being sat next to her playing the, playing the ukulele. And I was just like, that moment, I was just like proper welled up of like, yes, you just start. <laughs> just kind of, you know, rose to the occasion of like, this is my song now. I'm and that's, sing that's it. an experience that she will remember, like just for herself, that. Mm. That's an experience that she'll remember for the rest of her life. Let, let alone the, the rest of it it's that was it's such a it can be such a life-changing thing that, you, that you're doing <laughs> and, <it? laughs> and again like, like what you said it might be that they, you know those things you're clearly aware of that but uh yeah sometimes those can almost become part and parcel of your day-to-day job and, yeah and, and pass you by but it's i think it's i think it's amazing oh thank you and it's you know, that element as well like so then when i thought back to the end of my grandma's life like obviously there was a lot of difficult times as well we were really upset and everything but the main memories are the ones when we're making music with her yeah. <laughs> so it's really nice that they're, they're those really positive memories have overshadowed the, the and it's led to this memories and it's like yeah that's, yeah that's yeah it's, it's outstanding and I mean it's take again there's the stuff that pops up on on my news feed on various social media um, you you got a, a a decent amount of funding through uh, through Virgin Radio, yeah, 
um, which was you know it's, it's great. But I think the, the thing that more so than than the money that they gave you, um, which is you know massively kind, the the fact that in the, in the video clip, and I will I'll put a link to it. Um, it's quite right. Chris Evans says that it this this might be the best idea he's ever heard of, <laughs> and. At first, you think well, that's a bit of a throwaway comment, it, or, as grand as that is. But then, <laughs> it, it is—it's—it's it's so unique, and and I, th- I think it can have so many positive impacts to so many different people. And how how was that? I, I mean, were you aware of him making that comment at the time? No, that that, that was a very strange morning. <laughs> um, so just yeah, a bit of context for the listener that I'd been. I was nominated for an award, um, mm-hmm. and Chris Evans was one of the presenters at the awards. Um, and I'd just gone up to say hello to him at the at the awards. I was like, hey, Chris, how you doing? And he said, oh, Ben, I love what you do. Uh, can you come on the show in the morning? And I was like, yeah, yeah, all right. And uh, luckily, we were staying in London uh, <laughs> yeah. that night. And he's like, yeah, can you come on the show in the morning? And he took me off down this hall and kind of introduced me to like, you know, the assistant or producer mm-hmm. or whoever it was. He was like, you we went better on the show in the morning. He started out. <laughs> Change the whole day's programming. Yeah. She said that he does that all the time. <laughs> they have he a plan. He's like, right, now I want to do this today. <laughs> um, but then they were like, yeah, all right, come back for 8 a.m. or whatever it is tomorrow. And in my head, I was like, this isn't going to, yeah, I'm going to get them. We're like, no, you're not coming in. <laughs> Who are you? Or you get 30 seconds and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we went back and the awards had a free bar and uh, Brewdog was the beer like, oh. the free beer and like Brewdog's my, like, my favourite beer yeah. so like obviously I'd when, 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 after that had happened I tried to slow down a little bit because I was like if I'm going to be on the radio <laughs> so <laughs> you basically he ruined your evening <laughs> he cut back on the amount of Brewdog <laughs> that I was going to drink that evening um, but then yeah he took me on the show and I was on the show with um, Matt Hancock yeah. who I didn't know who he was at the time oh, right. and um Adam Adam K, yeah, yeah, author and comedian, yes. And Chris brought us all on at the same time, so we're all sat in sat in the in the studio. And first he's talking to Matt Hancock about all sorts of stuff, and I was sat there, and I was like, oh, he might be the health secretary. This sounds like the kind of conversation <laughs> that you'd have with a health secretary. Yeah. Um, and then he talked to Adam K. It was when his second book was just coming out, I think it was. And then he brought me, and so it was just so weird. Like I was just sat there, like, you know, in this room, with all this stuff going on. But then he started talking, started talking to me about Swan Song and everything, and uh, was really, and yeah, I had no idea he was going to make the so yeah, twenty five thousand he donated to us um, yeah. live on air, which was uh, yeah, bonkers, bonkers day. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah, and and just to come from somebody, you know. Chris Evans has a massive, massively successful career. Various production companies, and you know, I remember him as a kid. I remember I used to, I used to love "Don't Forget Your Toothbrush." I think that was possibly <laughs> one of the best game shows that's ever been on TV ever. Um, and yeah, for for someone who's had many, many entrepreneurial ideas, to say that he thinks that's possibly the best idea he's ever heard of. I think that, that's yeah. When you put it like that, it is quite. And again, one thing, like, I don't really remember him saying it on the show but then when I watched yeah. that little clip back and I was like oh that's, that's a nice thing to yeah, say yeah. <laughs> cheers Chris yeah. Yeah. thanks yeah, yeah. a few of my friends had said like did you, did you knew he was going to do it didn't you and I was like I didn't he, he'd said that he had he said off air that he, he was thinking he was talking to Adam K about it but he said mm-hmm. that he had some he was choosing some new charities that he wanted to support right um, so I was kind of like oh I wonder if we might get in on that but I know I wasn't expecting any kind of donation or anything. Yeah. Um, but my friends said, like, cause my reaction was kind of like pretty cool because yeah, yeah, exactly. I was just like, oh, that'd be great. Yeah, nice. <laughs> <laughs> again, it's yeah. just like, uh, yeah. Well, I don't, yeah, I don't even know how you met. How, there isn't another way to really, well, <laughs> there isn't a correct way to react, is there? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that's, uh, that's fantastic. And, you know, I ho- hopefully, you know, I'm going to 
put links within the within the description of this this podcast. If I'm squinting at you, Ben, it's because the sun's the right sun's behind your out, head. Which is lovely. Yeah, it? yeah. Just take my jacket um, I'll put links to um, to like all of your social media and stuff within the description of the podcast and such no, um, for you. people to check out. And you know, they, people can donate to, to you know to keep the project going. Um, and I strongly strongly recommend people do. I don't. Um, I don't have anything like a Patreon or anything like that. So if anybody um, who listens to this regularly wants to give some money, then please use the links and go to Swansong Project. Oh, thank you very much. Um, so a couple of things that I like to ask everybody that comes on here to kind of get a bit more about your background. And I think you've you kind of touched on it a bit. Um, but I like to find out where your love of music came from. Other than, I know you've covered off a bit um, about how, how you kind of first kind of started playing guitar. But your first, first musical memory. So a lot of people, I suggest maybe, you know, what was played in the car or something like that as a kid. But what's your first musical memory? That's a good question. Um, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, first musical memory. I've got lots of memories of Bruce Springsteen's music. My dad was a big Bruce Springsteen fan. It's not so, a bad start. Yeah, which has yeah. become a lifelong obsession with me as well. <laughs> and, I mean, one, one memory I have is like... When I first started taking an interest in music myself, you know, like becoming actively listening to music rather than just hearing whatever mum and dad were playing. And I remember like listening through my mum and dad's CD collection, and I remember listening to Bruce Springsteen and I was like, oh, he wrote this one as well, and this one, because I, I knew all these different songs yeah, yeah. But from hearing them, but I didn't know they were all from him. Yes. And it's like, that's amazing, this guy's written all these songs. <laughs> yeah, he's done very well. He's done a lot of work, yeah. hasn't he? He's been a busy lad. <laughs> Any but, particular song that sort of stands out then, Bruce Springsteen-wise, as, as being the, the kind of key song? The early ones. Um, I remember Human Touch a lot. Wow, okay, yeah, like, you know, not an obvious one. Thanks. Yeah, yeah, that's... Uh, I don't know why that one stands out, but I remember I remember that one. Uh, and The River, River's mm. a big one as well. Um, Born to Run, of course. But yeah, there were a few of the ones that I like, I've got very early memories of. And um, Brilliant Disguise. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why that's one of the ones where I was remember, and I remember that one because I I, I remember even though the song is called Brilliant Disguise mm-hmm. and the lyric, um, "Tell me what I say when I look in your eyes is that you, baby, are a brilliant disguise." The way he sings it, for ages I thought he said a bridge in disguise. <laughs> and I was like, "What's he saying?" That? The way the way he phrases it, I was like, yeah, is that yeah. a bridge in disguise." And then like when I realised the song was called Brilliant Disguise, I was like, oh, that's there we go. There we go. It's like um, I remember I remember a teacher of mine saying that when it first came out. Um, a lot of people thought the Jimi Hendrix lyric was um, "Excuse me while I kiss this guy." Kiss this guy. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think either works. Yeah, so, <laughs> both, both, both. You know, you could argue it makes more sense. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so you started off, I guess, like playing and performing, and you've been in you've been in bands for for quite a while. What's your first live music memory then? Um, my first live music memory as as a view, viewer yeah. Um, yeah in the audience in the audience um, it's probably watching my uncle play so um, this was okay. what kind of really made me get you know want to do music myself and yeah. make it feel like something I could do you know like that's what bridged that gap for me like, I never did music at school I always I hated music at school and then um, why? I just I just couldn't I just wasn't interested in it like, yeah. like I think the way it was taught was really kind of boring <laughs> like it was about the theory rather than the, yeah. the kind of the practical nature and it felt like there was no for me, I guess, like it just didn't feel. I guess, I guess, like because you can't, 
in a, in a one-hour lesson with 30 kids, mm. like there's not really much music you can do. You know, like it's hard to then. So I always felt like there was kids who got who were taught music outside of school who were really good, and then there was just the rest of us that were like go play with the keyboard for a while. Yeah, okay, go play with um, the DJ button. So yeah, yeah, that was the DJ, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I just didn't feel engaged with it at all. Um, and then yeah, watching my uncle. I remember going to see my uncle play. Well, two two really early memories. One was a um, New Year's Eve party mm-hmm. um, at my great uncle and great auntie's house, where loads of the family were there, and Mick got the guitar out. I started blasting through some songs, and I just remember, like, I just remember having that was being like the best time, <laughs> yeah. and the way like everyone was just singing along and dancing. I was like, "That's amazing!" Like, he just picked up this this thing out of his case, and now like everyone's having the best time. <laughs> I, was like, I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to just have this thing that I can just pick up and then completely change the yeah. atmosphere at an event. Um, and I remember going to see him in a pub, the Fox and Newt pub, actually down oh, yeah. far from here. Yeah. Um, probably not long after that. Which points to my early memories of going to a pub as well, and like being sat in, and again, seeing you know, a room full of strangers, and he'd be up yeah. there, um, and everyone, everyone's singing along with all these songs. It's like this is great. Everyone's just here. Everyone's. Up. It felt like everyone's kind of really connected on the same yeah. wavelength. Um, so they were two really big ones for me, and then obviously getting my, that was what made me get my own guitar and started playing with him straight away. And then very quickly, I was playing with him in those pubs, which oh, was handy excellent. for me because like because he was like, you know, a, a, a big voice and like big kind of. Pretty big personality, big and, personality. Yeah. yeah so i could sit next stage. to him yeah <laughs> so like as a beginner it was like i could sit there and like just you know just play through the cards <laughs> with him and they got, got a lot of great experience that way yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's amazing I, lo- I love that yeah and i think you're i think you're probably the first person that i've spoken to whose first live experience was was a family member in terms of yeah. playing with as well i think that's that's yeah that's that's amazing so he's had he's had a very big impact in your life then in, t- yeah. in terms of musically and, and kind of where you've ended up yeah definitely and we played together for a long time um so it's still like we don't play together much anymore but it's still mm-hmm. really nice whenever we can you know to have a little family get together yeah. and play some songs together um yeah it's always holds a very special place for me and we played we had an irish band um called the yogs that we used to play all this stuff and we um we did. We raised money for cancer research with that band. We actually raised right. over twenty thousand pounds. Wow! <laughs> over a couple of That's years, massive. Which was yeah, it was bonkers. We were looking back on it, and it was it was what we lost one of our other uncles, one of my, one of my other uncles, mm-hmm. so Mick's brother-in-law, um, to cancer. And then like we'd been doing gigs for a while, but you know, like you don't make very little money out of yeah. it. So then we just thought, actually, we'll be doing it for fun anyway. Why don't we donate our fees to cancer research? Um, and then from then when people heard about that people got really involved with it and then venues would be like oh if, you, if you're going to give your feet cancer research we'll put on a raffle and we'll do that <laughs> as well and then it just picked up and picked up and uh, we, had, we had some great nights where we raised Amazing. a lot of money yeah yeah brilliant <laughs> that, that, that's fantastic uh, yeah so so tell, tell me about this Alabama 3 because that's how that's how I stumbled across this this news article popped up on my <laughs> on my news feed um, and sounded fascinating so what what was that all about so <laughs> it's so funny with the Swanson project like these these like really big spats of media that we've and like we've had some amazing coverage um and like yeah it's just been it's just been bonkers how these things have happened but that was one of the that one of the Chris Evans one were the the most shocking ones for me personally mm. so what happened there was uh so I'm a big Alabama 3 fan I love that yeah. Alabama 3 uh we've seen them loads of times live and a couple of years ago they were doing the acoustic gig mm-hmm. um in York and Cake my uh, one of my best mates and bass player in the Blind Jones band he um, just said to me one day he said oh um, I've got tickets for the uh, the acoustic gig um, and I was like oh sweet I was like, do you want some money for me he's like no that's alright I've got them um, and he was like and then there was, me and him were going um, both of our 
our partners would go in. Um, Steve had the drummer in the band, and one of our other friends would go in. Um, so, oh, cool, and I see a night out yeah. to York, uh, to and see the other one with three. This would be good. And then, um, there was one or two weird things. Oh, yeah, that was. <laughs> There's a few funny things that happened in the lead up to that. So, like, it wasn't long after the Vice video what I mentioned earlier. Yeah. It was only a few months after that. Um, and the hospice, one of the, the lead nurse at the hospice in Bradford, um, had been. She'd sent me an email. It's a bit weird. She's like, oh, Ben, can you come into the hospice, you know, next Wednesday or something like that? Um, some filming going on that we'd like to be part of. And I was like, I was like, all right, um, can you tell me a bit more about what the filming, what the film's about? And she's like, oh, it's just a thing for the hospice. Um, and they just want to have a little feature about you in it. So I was like, all right, you know, I'm kind of generally happy to kind of yeah. be involved with those things. But I remember talking generally about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, I mean, they've been not telling me much about it. I'm like, I don't, I don't really want to do any more filming. We've just done this big vice thing. I, oh, I don't like, I was like, but I, and I almost didn't go. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, I might just, I might just check out me. So that. And I was like, nah, I'll, I'll go along. And I went along. And then, um, so there's this film crew there and everything. And all the film, and like, it was just very much about me. And I was like, mm-hmm. is this a thing for the hospital? Like, they kind of, like, they spent a lot of time talking to me and filming me with, like, they'd got one of the patients I'd worked with to come in as well. So they were doing some filming there. And I was like, and yeah, you know, it just all felt a bit weird. And I remember yeah. that night I was talking to only about it. And I was like, this, it all felt weird. Like, I don't, some, something weird's going on here. I don't know. I don't know what. <laughs> and then, uh, then so that weekend came along, and um, and then yeah, the plans for get we were getting plans for going to York, um, and so we all, we all set off. And it was it Emily, Emily and Ruth had gone early, so yeah. I, I can't remember what, what the reason was, but they they were going separately from <laughs> us. And like I just didn't think anything about that, so yeah, fine. Um, so we got there to meet. Went <laughs> um, well, and I just didn't, didn't think anything of it. Well, yeah, we got we got to the gig, went in as you do. Uh, got a drink and that uh, and stood in the crowd and I noticed there was some cameras up around the stage <laughs> and I was like oh cool they must be filming the film in the gig you know? maybe, maybe we'll be in like, one of the music videos or something like that what a, what a nice memento that will be I'll be able to record that <laughs> um, so that happened and then the band came out obviously and they were doing a few songs it was all great and like, I had spotted one point the camera looked like it was looking at me <laughs> well, I'm sure that camera but you know you don't want to be kind of paranoid you're a show <laughs> complex going <laughs> on like, I'm sure that camera I don't want to say anything I don't want to think like I'm being big headed or something but <laughs> I'm sure that camera is looking at me um, and then a few songs in um, Larry starts doing this this talk about about music and about death and stuff like that and legacy and so and I was stood there I was like yeah yeah I was yeah. like <laughs> I was like, this all makes really good sense. <laughs> and I, and I, I don't think it even clicked at the time. Like, this sounds a lot like what I do. And he's like, there's a man in the audience here today. <laughs> I can't remember what he said exactly, but then he was like, yeah. is your best luck in the audience? And I stood there and I was like, I just didn't, 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 didn't react. And then he was, it's like, then I think he said Looking it again. around for another. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be me. There must be another Ben Slack here. Um, and then my mate, my mate Paddy was next to me. He's like, that's you, bud. That's you. <laughs> and he's like, come up on stage. So I anyway, went up and climbed on the stage and... Uh, and yeah, he said loads of nice stuff about Swan Song and, uh, yeah, it was just, and so what I found afterwards, then I came up, and then, yeah, what happened then, I came off, and there was, my mum was there, my uncle Mick was there, I mentioned, yeah. uh, my cousin Nee, a few of the trustees of Swan Song were there, a few people <laughs> I'd worked with on songs had come over for it, um, so they'd been hidden in the back <laughs> when we've got there, <laughs> and then brought out when we did wow. the, uh, wow. the thing. So it was, it was part of the National Lottery to do this thing called The Big Surprise. Yeah. Um, so that it was them who'd set it all up and the whole, yeah, so Emily had been involved with it, Emily, my, my fiance now. Um, she'd been involved with it for like two months. She had to keep <laughs> a secret from me. <laughs> well, Good been, effort. Yeah, she did, she did well with it. So there was a few things afterwards where she was like, you know, the time I said I was doing this, I was actually, I was talking to the lot <laughs> about this. So we had to kind of, and like they bounced loads of ideas around yeah, of ways yeah. to do it. Uh, and then it worked out nicely that the Alabama three were around who were like, 
you know, because it could have happened with another band who I didn't. Yeah. But obviously, like, I loved Alabama Three anyway, and they were up for doing it, and uh, it all it all came together. Um, yeah. Nicely, but yeah, foof, that was uh, that was some experience. And then they aired the video on ITV um, like on a Saturday night, <laughs> primetime ITV. It was uh, yeah, it was bonkers. Yeah, and <laughs> but I think it kind of just hits home how much the idea resonates with people and you know so many different people have kind of got behind it which is amazing and, and I genuinely hope more more people continue to do that because you know it's not in terms of funding and just keeping it going for you because I, I think it's such a like I said it's such a valuable thing for so many different people um, and yeah long may it continue I think it's oh. absolutely brilliant yeah thank you very much yeah and um, it's a very exciting time for us at the, like, at the minute we're, we're really trying to scale up so like obviously yeah. um taking it virtual last year meant we could work with people all over the place yeah so now it's kind of available nationwide i've been working with people across the country um over zoom with it i guess that's you know something that you probably would not have considered particularly doing it virtually prior to covid yeah definitely it forces you to think of new new things and new ways of working yeah yeah so that feels really exciting now hopefully we'll be able to bring on a lot more songwriters as well Mm and you know my kind of longer term vision with it is I'd love it if that was just kind of a kind of a standard thing, you know. People people write a song at the end of their lives, and yeah. all the families have, you know. Oh, we're listening to Granddad's song today. <laughs> listen to Great Granddad's song, and uh, yeah. just pass them down, and just be a nice kind of Absolutely. nice thing, really. How how has it differed from in terms of doing it virtually to doing it face to face? There's been a few things that have been different. So, like I was saying just before we started recording, mm. that like doing, it, I was like, oh, the virtual stuff, like it's just as good. But now I'm back doing some face-to-face stuff. Like it's not as good. The face-to-face stuff's always better, but um, virtually it's worked a lot better than I thought it was going to be. Mm. I wasn't sure how well the emotive conversations were going to be, you know, hand, hand, you know how you handle them virtually. But it's been it's been it's been good. It's worked yeah. well. Um, one of the major differences is the making of the music together. So, like in and the recording aspect of it. So in normal times, what we would do is I'd meet people normally once a week or so at the hospice. Yeah. We'd kind of piece things together, but I'd always have my guitar with me or whatever the keyboard there that I'd play. So it'd usually it'd be like, we might have a few lines or like, and then I'd be like, right, well, should we, if we got stuck with lyrics, I'd always kind of do that. I'd always try and start with a few lyrics, but then if we get stuck at any point, we can go and work on some music and kind of switch yeah. back and forth. So sometimes we might even have a line to like, oh, well, I was trying to put a bit of tune to that and we'd just kind of play around a few ideas. And you mm-hmm. know, like when you sat with someone, it's kind of so easy to do that. Like, what do you think about this? And then, da, da. and then they might be like, oh, how about this? And, you just make that music a bit more organically, which is kind of harder to do on Zoom. I mean, you can do it in some ways, but it also allowed us to um, develop, which is another idea I'd had for quite a long time, which is now we use what we call affiliate artists. Okay. So the way I've been kind of doing it on Zoom is we do all the lyrics in the Zoom session. And I try mm-hmm. and complete the lyrics all as one. In one session? No, sometimes it's, it's usually over maybe three sessions, sometimes okay. sometimes less, sometimes more. Mm-hmm. Um but then we try and get a pretty much full set of lyrics together and then I can hire another musician. So we've got a little team now of musicians who specialise in different styles. So rather than it just being all from what my skill set is, now if somebody wants... And that started from someone who didn't want to sing it themselves but wanted a female voice. Yeah. So I was like, all right, well, I'll get one of my female singing friends to come and sing it for us. Um, and then it's just kind of spiralled. from. So now it's kind of like that, but on a bigger scale if they want a jazz singer or if they want a funk singer or something like that or 
then we can try it. So then I ask people what, you know, to choose a few reference songs of how they might like its sound, and then we can try okay. and choose a musician who's best suited in that kind of yeah, yeah. Kind of way. So that so that's something we've started in a lot, wow. which works really well. Yeah, yeah. Um, so and that's kind of something I'm really excited about expanding more and more as well. How actually, yeah, you know, so try and just tailor it as much as possible. Like, right, this is the kind of style I want. This is the person who's best suited for that style. Wow. And then what I do is I pass on like a brief to them. Like these are the lyrics. This is the kind of style we're going to. Um, can you come up with a few some musical ideas for it? Yeah. Um, send them back to me. So it kind of works that way now, which is, is really nice. And something I'm kind of yeah excited about doing more and more of. But one of the downsides with that, one of the nicest things with the project, it's always when someone hears the song for the first time. Yeah. So like when it's completed and you first play it through, or when they first sing it through, um, and you see that reaction, which which we don't really have doing it virtually because what happens now is I send them an mp3 of it right okay <laughs> so then I get an email back and like an email is just not the same as when you see someone's reaction when yeah. they hear something for the first time yeah yeah because yeah that, that's that's absolutely priceless you, wow. and it's difficult to capture so it's, it's, it's a one-off experience that yeah is, is unique to each session yes yeah. yeah and some of the recording like we had so like, I always encourage people to have a go at singing the songs themselves mm-hmm. but obviously if people aren't comfortable doing that one of us will do it for them but um, people who don't work in virtual people who wanted to sing the songs themselves, mm-hmm. what I was having them do is I'd send them a recording of you know, me or someone else singing the song and I'd, and I'd ask them to record to listen to that with headphones on and then record themselves singing along with it yep. using another device. So the other device just picked up their voice, didn't pick up the rest of the track and that was in their headphones and then send me that file and then I'd edit it in and take the other voice <laughs> out so it was a bit of a fiddly oh, kind of job but it, it yeah. worked <laughs> yeah yeah um, so yeah it was one of the things where like you have to kind of find a way around like, but again then that's harder because then like if, you, if you're helping someone sing a song who's not sung before it's nice to be with them and be able to give them that support yeah whereas this was you know support from a distance but it, it, it worked <laughs> yeah and, and you know they still get that that end thing of they have the song they've got the memories and you know that, that'll that'll live for however long that's yeah that's it's still yeah. it's it's a a different and different challenges but i think it's still a great a great end product yeah so, yeah thank you brilliant so just to sort of wrap things up, what's the what's the plans for the future? Then is there anything you can you can share that's that's coming up? Um, anything particular coming up? Well, we're back doing in person stuff again now as well, so that's nice. Yep. So I've been back to St Gemma's a couple of times recently. We've also been doing some using Chapel FM in Seacroft. Okay, Chapel yeah. FM. Um, it's a beautiful art centre. So we've used there's been a few people I've been working with virtually who are local who we've then met up recently at Chapel FM mm-hmm. to do some recording. So that's really nice. Um, and yeah, I say we're kind of on this big plan now for scaling. So we have just applied for like a, a longer term grant. So fingers crossed we get that, which yeah. would enable us to bring on a lot more songwriters. And we're kind of like developing, trying to develop the training in a way of like, so I know lots of people who know how to write songs, but like trying to figure out what it is, how to prepare them for this kind of songwriting yeah. in a way, which is kind of, yeah, I'm finding it a bit tricky, but it's trying to think what people what we need to let people know and what support we need to give people mm-hmm. to deal with it all as well but that's the the plan is hopefully to keep bringing in new songwriters and keep spreading it out to new hospices and keep and also yeah so now it's, it doesn't have to be people through hospices people can self-refer which is really nice so um, just keep writing more and more songs really and yeah that's the the main main ambition of it we also started a singing group last year what was really nice again it was something just uh, yeah I've seen, I've seen that on uh, yeah on Facebook come up but yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's loads. Of, it's great fun. So it's um, a woman called Jess who uh, I've known for a long time, and Jess was she was the person who I first brought in to sing when the female singer. Jess right, is, uh, yeah, it's brilliant. So, and she's uh, she's helped with quite a lot of songs. But um, last year, I think it was I can't remember how we first started. I think we were just thinking that we needed something something to do in the lockdowns, you know, something like mm-hmm. nice to do and keep people going. Yeah, yeah, yeah nice thing to do. And um, I think with Swan Song, like it's great. For a small number of people, so I kind of wanted something. And there's people who like family members of someone who'd written a song or someone who'd written the song themselves, and wanted to kind of stay connected to the charity. There wasn't really a way for them to do that. Yeah. So then we thought, well, we'll start this, this singing group, this online singing group, uh, and it's been lovely. It's been it's been great. So we do it every Thursday. I mean, people from all around the world come to it, which is, uh, <laughs> and it's just really nice. So Jess uh, uses a loop pedal, right. so she uh, she sings all the harmony parts, and everyone's <laughs> muted. Um, so then, like. So you just sing along whichever part you want, yeah. but no one else can hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually really nice. There's quite a lot of people that come to it that say they wouldn't go to a normal yeah, choir, yeah. but this is a nice way for them to practice some singing uh, and have a good That's time. That's fantastic. It's, yeah, it's worked out really nicely. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. Great. And again, I'll put links to all the social media so people can check these out and, and yeah. Yeah, get, get involved. I wholeheartedly recommend people at least read read kind of what, what it's all about and, and yeah, any way that they can interact. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Recommend to do so. Yeah, and the singing group's free as well. It's a Thursday evening at half seven, and yeah, anyone's welcome to come and join us. So it's always Perfect. good fun. <laughs> Brilliant. Well, thanks very much for your time. It's it's really appreciated, and yeah, I'm genuinely excited to see kind of what what happens next, and, and long may it continue. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. No problem. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. Cheers, so you. there it is, episode forty-five with Ben Buddy Slack of the Swan Song Project. What an inspirational guy. Absolutely lovely to chat to. Um, and I hope he continues to get the support that this project deserves. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, if you did, please like, subscribe, give us a rating on the iTunes. Um, that will be absolutely amazing. It all helps to uh, to getting guests onto the show. Um, I genuinely hope you've enjoyed that. Please, the links are all in the description to this podcast. So if you want to go and help Ben um, keep the project going and, and growing and going from strength to strength, please go and donate. Or if you're just curious or want to find out a bit more, I've put loads of links in there and some videos. So that's it from me. I'll leave you to get on with the rest of your day. Thanks very much for listening and good night.